We Breathe, episode 19. In past podcasts, I've discussed the importance of taking time to focus on one's breathing, typically through some type of meditative practice. Today, I'm going to talk about the importance of how we breathe. I recently read a book by James Nestor entitled Breath, The New Science of a Lost Art, and I would highly encourage you taking the time to read the book or to listen to the book. It, I'm only going to be able to share just a tidbit of what I, I learned from the book, and I think you would find reading the entire book or listening to the t- entire book, there's just so much information that could benefit you and, and benefit your health. He shares about a collection of skulls that's referred to as the Morton Collection. And they range from being 200 to thousands of years old. And he describes how the skulls look. And he explains that their nasal apertures were twice as large as they are today. He said that they, they, have, they had enormous forward-facing jaws, expansive sinus cavities, and broad mouths. And even though these ancient individuals did not floss, brush their teeth, or go to dentists, they had very straight teeth. Nestor explained the forward facial growth and the large mouths created wider airways. And with wider airways, we're going to breathe better. And people living during this ancient time did not experience the sleep issues that we experience today, such as snoring, sleep apnea, sinusitis, and other respiratory problems. He said that this was the case from some 300,000 years ago to just a few hundred years ago. And according to Drs. Mary Anna Evans and Dr. Kevin Boyd, modern skulls demonstrate chins, which are recessed behind the forehead, jaws that slump back, sinuses that are shrunken, and teeth which are crooked. So in again, in comparison to these ancient skulls, the ones of modern man, human, um, demonstrates this recessed, recessed be, be, the chins being recessed, jaws being slumped, sinuses being shrunken, and teeth being crooked. Nestor indicated that 5,400 different, there's 5,400 different species of mammals on the planet, and humans are the only ones with misaligned jaws, overbites, underbites, and crooked teeth. Dr. Mariana Evans and Dr. Kevin Boyd were looking, they were studying this Morton collection, and they were wanting to better understand why, compared to modern humans jaws and and facial structure what was contributing to the body evolving to a place of illness and Nestor explains that some of the contributing factors to this includes our food 
Our food has dramatically changed in the last few hundred years. Our ancestors were eating whole foods, which firstly contained tons of nutrients, such as vitamins, minerals, amino acids, protein, and fiber, where also the food of our, of our ancestors required chewing. They, it typically was raw and they were chewing their food. And the food that we consume today is oftentimes overprocessed and nutrient void. And it really requires very little chewing on our part. And this has resulted in mouths and facial structures that are shrinking as well as increasing dental disease and overcrowding of the teeth in the mouth. Nestor also explained that the chewing and sucking associated with breastfeeding exercises facial muscles, which stimulates more stem cell growth, stronger bones, and more pronounced airwaves. Prior to a few hundred years ago, mothers would breastfeed their infants up to two or four years of age, and sometimes even longer. And they, he explained that the more time that infants spent chewing and sucking, the more developed their faces and their airways become, and the better they breathe later. And he shared research studies that supported this, and there's, there were dozens of studies in the past 20 years which support this claim. And the studies show that lower incident of crooked teeth, snoring, and sleep apnea in infants who are breastfed longer over those who are bottle fed. And this is again, this isn't sometimes there's situations and where, where women are not able to breastfeed. So by no means am I wanting to put any guilt on anybody who has not been able to breastfeed their child. So please don't walk away with, with this being something about you know, um, trying to make you feel bad in any way, shape, or form. It's just recognizing that in a time when we did breastfeed more than we are today, there was purpose in that, and that it actually helped, again, enveloping the facial structure, the bone structure of the face and jaw, which also helped with um, not only, you know, chewing, and but with regards to breathing as well. Nestor actually participated in an experiment, him and a friend, and he describes it in the book, and it's, it, again, that it, it's, it's just so interesting. But he, anyway, he, exper- he, he participates in this experiment, and it was to test the impact of mouth breathing compared to nose breathing. And the first 10 days of the experiment, Nestor was to only mouth breathe. His nose was plugged So everything that he did, sleeping, exercise, everything was done while he was breathing through his mouth. And then the next 10 days, it switched and it was him breathing only through his nose. And Nestor indicated that the first night of mouth breathing, his snoring increased 1300% to to 75 minutes through the night. And he experienced a fourfold increase in sleep apnea events. And this all occurred just within the first 24 hours. Nestor also monitored blood pressure, heart rate variability, pulse, and body temperature. Nestor's blood pressure increased, his heart variability plummeted, his pulse rate increased, and his body temperature decreased. And with regards to just a subjective report, Nestor indicated that his mental clarity was fading, and he said that he just felt awful. 
Nestor provided several studies which demonstrates the negative consequences of mouth breathing. So again, referring back to those skulls that were, you know, 200 to thousands of years old, they did not experience breathing issues because again, they had their facial structure, their jaw structure, and their airways were so much more developed and healthy compared to what we're going through today. So, so many people in today's world are mouth breathing. They're mouth breathing, breathing all the time, not just at night, they're mouth breathing during the day, they're mouth breathing when they're exercising, they're mouth breathing all the time. And one of the things that he's talking about in the book is the importance for us to move into a world of nose breathing, to get out of breathing through our mouths and to be breathing through our nose and he describes in here that really the 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 bottom line with regards to mouth breathing is that inhaling air through the mouth decreases pressure which causes the soft tissue in the back of the mouth to become loose and flex inward creating less overall space and making breathing more difficult Inhaling from the nose has the opposite effect. It forces air against all that flabby tissue at the back of the throat, making the airways wider and breathing easier. And after a while, as Nestor explained, these tissues and muscles, they get toned to stay in the opened and wide position. Nestor explained that what happens in the nose affects what's happening in the mouth the airways and the lungs. Again, it's remembering our body is is, an, is a system that works very intricately and we cannot separate. We can't think that what, what's happening with breathing in through your nose or breathing in through your mouth, that that's not going to impact everything that's going on in your body. It's with the same with regards to my practice where I talk about what's going on with us physically impacts us psychologically and what goes on psychologically impacts us physically. The same concept here that again what happens in the nose you breathing or not breathing through your nose is going to impact everything else in your in your body. At the end of the 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 mouth experiment so when Nestor was breathing just through his mouth Nestor's snoring had increased 4,820%. He reported, quote, I'm beginning to suffer from obstructive sleep apnea. At my worst, I've averaged 25 25 apnea events, meaning I was choking so severely that my oxygen levels dropped to below 85%. Whenever oxygen falls below 90%, The blood cannot carry enough of it to support body tissues. If this goes on too long, it can lead to heart failure, depression, memory problems, and early death. My snoring and sleep apnea are still far below that of any medically diagnosed condition, but these scores were getting worse the longer I stayed plugged in. Again, that oxygen, right? The amount of oxygen that we're getting, we're also going to we're also going to talk about um, nitric oxide and the importance of it. But with regards to oxygen, so important for us to ensure that we're getting enough oxygen to support our body and breathing in through our nose is going to help us to do that. Nestor said that when he listened to a recording of himself sleeping during this mouth breathing phase, he sounded like a man who was being strangled to death by his own body. Nestor explained that mouth breathing breathing causes the body to lose 40% more water. One would think that this loss of water would decrease the need to urinate. However, as Nestor explained, the opposite is true. 
during the deepest, most restful stages of our sleep, the pituitary gland secretes hormones, including vaspressin, I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly, vaspressin, which assists the body in storing water. If one does not receive deep sleep, vaspressin will not be secreted normally and the kidneys will release water, triggering urination and signaling the brain to consume more liquid. The lack of deep sleep can result in increased urination and unquenchable thirst. That is really, again, something so important to think about. If we're not getting enough deep sleep, we can be inhibiting our body from utilizing so many bodily processes that are important. And clearly this hormone is very important to us and helping us to, you know, um, to regulate the, the water uh, within our body. Mouth breathing also inhibits the development of brain cells and alters the deliverance of oxygen, as we mentioned earlier. And as Nestor kind of summed it up, he said, mouth breathing makes us dumber. Mouth breathing can also be correlated with periodontal disease, bad breath, and cavities. According to Nestor, 90% of children have some degree of deformity deformity in their mouths and noses. 45% of adults snore occasionally and a quarter of the population snores constantly. 25% of adults over 30 choke on themselves because of sleep apnea and an estimated 80% of moderate or severe cases are undiagnosed. It's so important for us to work on breathing through our noses. And he explains that the nose helps to clear the air. It heats it and it moistens it and makes it easier to absorb, by, makes it easier for the body to absorb it. When we inhale through our nose, it filters foreign invaders by moving the debris down the throat and into the stomach where it's sterilized by the stomach acids transported to the intestines and then excreted from the body. The nose not only cleans the air, it heats it and pressurizes it so that the lungs can extract more oxygen with each breath. Nestor explains that sinuses release a huge boost of nitric acid, a molecule that assists in circulating and delivering oxygen to the cells in the body. So we need the, the nitric acid in, in all, in correlation with our oxygen. We need both in order for us to be functioning optimally. The immune system, weight, circulation, mood, and sexual function are all impacted by nitric oxide. According to Nestor, nasal breathing can boost nitric oxide sixfold, which is one of the reasons that we can absorb about 18% more oxygen breathing through our noses compared to breathing through our mouths. Nestor cited practitioners who encouraged their patients to tape their mouths to assist with nose breathing. And he also provided numerous examples of conditions being reversed utilizing this method of, um, of blocking the mouth, you know, taping the mouth in order to open up the nose. And one of the, the conditions that was reversed, the example that he gave in the book, was a blocked nasal cavity. There's a doctor by the name of Dr. Ann Kearney that had learned that her own nasal cavity was blocked. And when she met with the specialist 
uh, with regards to you know what she could do to address the issue the specialist advised her to have surgery or to try medication and she decided that she was going to attempt to do the mouth breathing <laughs> uh, the, do the the tape over the mouth sorry do the nose breathing and tape her mouth and she said the first night she was only able to do it for five minutes the second night I believe it was 10 minutes and then a couple of days later she was actually able to work up to getting through the entire night by taping her mouth and breathing only through her nose and she indicated that her blocked uh, her nasal cavity that was blocked that it her nose opened up within six weeks of her taping her mouth shut and breathing through her nose and then of course working to ensure that she was breathing through her nose during the day as well. Nestor explained in explains that the nose if the nose is not utilized it will atrophy and Dr. Kearney had examined the noses of 50 patients who had laryngectomies where they had a breathing hole that's cut into their throat and she found that within two months to two years every one of those patients was suffering from complete nasal obstruction. It would appear it is a case of use it or lose it. We need to be using our noses in order for our noses to work effectively. And circling back to Nestor and his experiment, just as he did with the mouth breathing phase, during the nose breathing phase, he also monitored his health. And nose breathing for Nestor went, so again, he, he did 10 days then of breathing only through his nose, so he had his, ma his mouth taped. And this would be with when he's sleeping, when he's exercising, of course, when he was eating, he would take the tape off, but everything else was was just nose breathing and the nose breathing resulted in lowered blood pressure increase in heart rate variability and his carbon dioxide levels also rose the he indicated that the improvement within these these um, um, bodily numbers were improved just with one night of nose breathing and Nestor, Nestor shared that within three nights of utilizing the mouth tape he went from snoring four hours so again within three nights of utilizing the mouth tape so he's he's taped his mouth and he's only breathing through his nose he went from snoring four hours to t only 10 minutes and went from two dozen apnea events to zero he also said that he stopped getting up to urinate during the night um, so the bottom line really of all this I know I'm throwing so much information at you and this might be one of those to go back and listen to again uh, it's just again the, the book is just full of so much information about the importance of us nose breathing and you know doing what we can to, to help get back to that proper proper breathing approach and I do think I've even tried doing the tape I used uh, the I think it's neck next next star any x a r something like that tape it's the gentle tape and i just put a just a little piece over over my lips and have i, I it's been probably three weeks now a month now that i've been been trying this to see i'm not somebody who was dealing with snoring um very much sometimes when i was on my back i'm typically a side sleeper but sometimes when i'm on my back i would do a little bit of snoring but i really did want to see if if it would if I would notice an improvement in my sleep um, or notice an improvement in mental clarity or, or any of those elements and so I'm I'm playing around with that and I'm hopeful that over time the body really will become accustomed to this and um, you don't need to then continue doing 
doing the tape over your over your lips at night but it might be something to play around with I know there's some people who have really congested nasal cavities and taping your mouth at night might be pretty scary because you might feel like you can't breathe um you know part of that nasal congestion I think is as Nestor describes in the book is partly because we're not using it I also think there's a ton about food and nutrition if people are eating a lot of dairy if people don't drink enough water if you're eating a lot of grains or processed food all of that's going to a lot of sugar all that's going to create a lot of congestion and it's going to make it more difficult for you to breathe through your nose those would be things to be looking at as well but possibly you know, starting off even just during the day, being very mindful of are you breathing through your mouth? Or for those who exercise, being really mindful. I know Katie Wells from The Wellness Mama, she has in the past, I don't know if she's still doing it now, but in the past she was taping her mouth shut uh, during exercise so that she would ensure she was breathing through her nose. So that could be something even if you wanted to just, during your exercise, you could start taping um, your mouth with you know during exercise so you're really working on breathing breathing through your nose I do think that nose breathing is so incredibly important and I do think that it really does improve health and I think the more that we can really be working on helping the body to transition um, I think as far as our jaws and our sinus cavities and the bones and all that that would be for a whole nother podcast to talk about things that we can be be helping and he of course goes into great detail in his book about that so if that's something you'd like to learn more about um, definitely get his book, read his book or listen to the book to get more information on that. Otherwise, I'm just going to encourage you, be very aware of how you're breathing. The other thing that he talks about in the book is breathing slowly. We have a tendency to breathe very quickly. We breathe through our mouths and we breathe very quickly. And he talks about doing um, six six breaths per minute and just doing five so do a count five seconds in five seconds out and if you do that then six times that gives you your six breaths in 60 seconds and that would be another way to be again practicing slowing our breath down and again he goes into the book he talks a lot about the research with regards to breathing more slowly and how that can impact panic attacks and asthma I mean there was just a wealth of information about again breath and how much just our breathing and how we're breathing can help improve our health so I encourage you to take a moment and uh, check yourself right now are you breathing through your nose are you breathing through your mouth and maybe in making this a part of your practice of starting again whether it's just during the day where you want to work on being more mindful or when you're working out or even at night if you want to jump in there and put a little tape over your mouth at night and see if you notice breathing better um, or starting to open up those airways a little bit more thank you so much for joining me today and I encourage you to do one thing purposefully to attend to attain true pep for life